Welcome to Gear Up with Gear Experts, episode 15, Industry Manpower Shortage. Gear Up with Gear Experts is a bi-weekly show hosted by me, John Medina, and my colleague, Alex Giddings. The show is for at-height workers, industry, and construction, and is brought to you and produced by GME Supply and Columbia Safety and Supply. This episode's theme is Industry Manpower Shortage. With several massive telecom projects gearing up for national distribution, keeping crews busy, new jobs are popping up every day. Solar and wind are seeing explosive growth, and that, in combination with unemployment at a multi-decade low, baby boomers and Gen Xers retiring, and the rise of the millennial workforce, the telecom, solar, and wind industries are experiencing a manpower shortage. Today, we're proud to welcome gear expert Mike Chrome back as our guest in the studio. Mike first joined us back on episode two and is the regional sales manager for the Heart of America region. Thanks for coming back on the show, Mike. We're excited to have you back and to talk all about industry manpower shortage with you. So let's get to the fun part, questions. Alex, care to start the questions? Sure, John. So Mike, let's start with some background on a typical crew and their backgrounds. Um, What are the typical crew sizes for wind, solar, and telecom? So typical crew sizes vary depending on the work being done, but on average, for telecom, I'd say an average crew is is typically four people. But again, from task to task and, and site to site, it can vary and be as many, as little as three and as many as six or eight. So wind sites are a little bit different animal. If the site is under construction, obviously there are dozens of people there, but wind sites are a little more autonomous. And so the crew sizes can be a lot smaller versus roofing jobs uh, for the the booming part of the country that have roof jobs and and roofing industries can be as many as 10, 12, 15, 20 guys on a roof. And those are all hardworking laborers that need a job. So it sounds like boiling it down to a typical crew size for any of the industries doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because it depends on the job. Um, clearly a residential solar job is going to be smaller than a commercial solar job. And like you said, wind, uh, when the turbine's being built, there's going to be more people on site than when it's just receiving maintenance. Same with telecom. So where are most of these crew members coming from and what are some of the characteristics that are common? John, we've got, we're pretty fortunate here in the Heartland region to have a lot of uh, community schools and colleges, uh, service folks coming off of duty and rotations. There are special programs like Warriors for Wireless. There are lots of other industries that touch our industries that are siphoning off workers from those as well. A lot of the a lot of jobs are being filled by recreational climbers looking for a way to get paid doing the things that they like to do seeking thrills and being adrenaline junkies with the the shortage what are some of the main issues that these industries face uh, to source bring on and hire employees well I'll tell you like any industry that's having a tough time finding workers you're faced with a dilemma of how do you reach out to people? Do you lower the bar and make the acceptable standard lower so that you get a lesser worker? Or what kinds of things do you do? I mean, let's face it, these jobs are hard manual labor jobs that are being done at height, which is inherently dangerous. Out in the elements, and maybe doesn't necessarily pay what somebody would think that that kind of a job would pay. These are good jobs. They're lucrative to a degree, but it's not for everybody. 
Yeah, and there's a common theme that I've started seeing on social media a lot, and I think it relates to this issue as well. Um, the college versus trades argument. So I'm a millennial, and we were told our whole lives that in order to make a decent living and to be comfortable in adulthood, that we needed to go to a four-year college. Now that I'm an adult, I realize that a trade can provide an equal or even superior lifestyle and income, and you don't have to necessarily spend the six figures on a college degree. Do you see that being a part of the issue, Mike? Do you think that because it is manual labor and it is hard work and it's in the elements and heights can be scary for some people or you know people just don't necessarily like to do it do you think that that has an impact on the employees or on the businesses being able to bring in employees oh i think it absolutely does i I think that um by and large you're seeing a lot less desire to be out in the elements these days than we did when you know my father was a young man or even when i was a young man not that i'm not still but I think it's important to realize that these jobs are out there and that they're touching every facet of technology. And certainly that in and of itself keeps it in the mainstream. Yeah, I think a a big point to piggyback off of that is that we live in a society where like the entrepreneurial thing is really big right now. Everybody wants to be in tech or working for a startup or something like that. And they don't realize that wind, solar, telecom there's a lot of tech in that and we wouldn't have any of the cool technology that we do have without cell phone towers your cell phone legitimately would just not work if those towers didn't exist and the electronics and the engineering that goes into that kind of stuff is fascinating and amazing and i don't think that the general public thinks about it in that way they see oh these are just rugged men and women that are doing hard labor and welding and and plugging cords in and stuff they don't realize that there is a lot of technical stuff behind it with antenna alignment and making sure that you've got uh, rigging plans and everything is up to code and working on all of that that it can be exciting and it is actually part of developing our more advanced society yeah it's it's definitely a lot more than you know uh residential construction framing a house type of hard work there there is a lot of technical information and skills that you need to have to to work in these industries and i think if business owners could also show the benefits of the work that people are doing um, and that maybe people have never considered these industries as a valid career path that could also uh, add some benefits and there are certainly companies out there that are doing that but um, what are some of the benefits to working in these industries that people might not consider when searching for a career? I think just just the demand in and of itself creates uh, an environment that's really healthy for somebody looking for a job anyway. Uh, I mean, when we stop and think about it, the United States has between 200 and 300,000 cell sites right now, and they need 100 times that. You've got large companies that have Uh, new building expenditures, companies that weren't previously into cellular that everybody knows, like, uh, you know, Dish Network, building into this industry now and spending billions of dollars doing it. 
There's got to be money in there to be made. The tech is there. Everybody needs it. And that demand is just going to keep growing and growing and growing. You couple that with it's an outside job. You're on your own a lot unsupervised. The job's paid largely pretty well. It's doing work that's different every day. I think, uh, you know, a lot of these guys are living a really good life, doing something they enjoy doing that everybody needs to have done. Awesome, Mike. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show to talk about the manpower shortage in the telecom, solar, and wind industries. We do have one last question before we let you go. If someone wanted to reach out to you to get more information about the equipment they can use to help keep their crews safe, how could they do that? Oh, they can always reach me here via email. That's mike.crone, K-R-O-H-N, at gme.com. You can reach me by calling here into GME and reach me directly at 573-281-4423. Thanks. Yeah, and if you're not in the Heart of America region, you can reach out to customer service and they will get you in touch with the sales rep in your area. And the customer service line is 718-210-3913. Yeah, and then you can also email info at gme.com or you can contact us via instant chat. Just uh, head over to gmesupply.com or colsafety.com and hit the click here to chat button in the lower right-hand corner. Now it's time to move on to our weekly insight. Mike just dropped some knowledge bombs about the manpower shortage that is plaguing the telecom, solar, and wind industries, and I have a feeling that this won't be the last time that we talk about it. But now, let's switch gears and continue our conversation from our last episode. Last time we covered the effects knots have on rope. At the end of the discussion, I had mentioned that it sounds like knots shouldn't always be the go-to option. This episode, we wanted to take the opportunity to talk about solutions to help avoid tying knots in your rope. Alex, can you break down knot tying alternatives? Sure, John. So what you're talking about here is referred to as uh, termination options. So a termination when speaking about rope is basically what it sounds like. It's when you create an eye or a loop at the end of the rope in order to attach the rope to another item, whether it be a structure or something that you're rigging. Uh, a knot is a termination option, but there are better options out there. So the three main components are termination plates, sewn factory or spliced eyes, and factory installed connectors. Perfect. So let's break down each of the different termination options. A termination plate is a piece of hardware usually made from milled aluminum that has a bunch of holes in it. You feed your rope through the holes in specific patterns to secure the rope to the plate, and then the main hole at the end of the plate is your attachment point to attach it to a structure or something else for rigging. Yeah, and termination plates are a great way to retrofit a rope uh, to connect to another item when you have no factory installed termination options. Um, if, If you want to see this in action we've got some videos kind of showing how those work Um, but when it comes to factory termination options there are two main types so factory sewn or spliced eyes and factory installed connectors yeah and many rope manufacturers offer sewn eyes for current mantle and double braid ropes or hand splice terminations for three strand ropes Uh, these terminations are designed to drastically reduce the stress These terminations are designed to drastically reduce the stress put on rope uh, to minimize strength loss in that rope. They also typically include a protective thimble or abrasion resistant sleeve to further protect the rope at these stress points. Rope manufacturers can also include hardware connection options like snap hooks with swivels uh, are included on many lifelines to make the attachment that much easier. 
Knots can still play an important role on the job site, but there are other options too, and they could be safer and, and extend the lifespan of your rope. We've got a free downloadable poster available in our knowledge base that covers the effects of knots on ropes and termination options. You can find that poster at gmesupply.com knowledge or at colsafety.com knowledge. We'd also like to remind everyone that while this show is meant to be fun, entertaining, and informative, it is not intended to replace proper in-depth training. Manufacturer's instructions must also be followed and reviewed before any equipment is used, and proper training should be received before operating any equipment or before climbing. We'd like to hear from you about why you climb. Email us a voice message at gearup at gearexperts.com about why you climb and what climbing means to you for a chance to be featured on the show. And win some swag, of course. We hope you had fun and found a lot of value in today's episode. You can find more information and detailed show notes at gearexperts.com slash episode 15. Get social with us at Gear Expert Show, at GME Supply, and at COL Safety on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Gear Up with Gear Experts is available on all major podcast listening platforms. Hit that subscribe button if you're new to the show. We'd really appreciate it. And don't forget to tell your friends, too. If you've got a few extra seconds to drop a rating and review an Apple podcast and let us know how we are doing, that'd be awesome. Gear Up with Gear Experts is presented, produced, and edited by GME Supply and Columbia Safety and Supply. Your hosts are Alex Giddings and John Medina. And until next time, climb higher.